This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. You know, as I've been looking through God's Word and just seeing how God showed up in so many different ways. You know, just last week we had prayed for a guy that had been on life supports. The doctors had considered him dead, pronounced him dead. But but because of the grace of God, God God raised him up. You know, just today we were a part of a service where there were signs, wonders, and miracles. And, and I'm sure you're just like I am. I'm so hungry to see what we read about in God's Word just be a normal thing, be an everyday occurrence, no matter if we're in the you know, oil field or we're in the construction or the cowboy world or church. You know, the, the Bible isn't just to be experienced at church. Yes, that's our equipping station, but it, God wants to be a part of everything that we do. L- listen to what Acts chapter 4, this is when the church had just come upon the scene. Jesus was raised from the dead. He gave dominion and authority to the apostles, and now the early church was was birthed. There had been thousands that had given their life to Jesus. You know, Peter and John were on their way to the gate beautiful, and this man who had been at this at the gate beautiful since he was born, and he couldn't walk, and he begged for alms. And Peter and John says, you know, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you rise up and walk. And after this, you know, it kind of stirred things up and they didn't want them to preach anymore in the name of Jesus and, and listen to what the church did. When I say church, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about a building with four walls and a roof. I'm talking it, that you and I, we're the church. People that have called upon the name of Jesus, we're the church. People that have the Spirit of God on the inside of us, we're the church. And so they go back and they start praying. They didn't cower down and throw their sucker down and say, wow, 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 you know, what about us? You know, listen, listen to their approach to God. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. I want to pause there before I keep going. How bold are you about what you believe? You know, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, 17. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Now, I'm not talking about you and I running around and just flipping everybody out because we're just some religious nut. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, are you bold in your belief of the goodness of God? Are you bold that you know if you were to die today, you'd spend eternity with God? Are you bold knowing that God is your blesser, God is your healer, God is your restorer? It doesn't matter what you've gone through in life. See, I don't do this because I think, okay, I I think I'd like to be a preacher someday. No, I've I've set out, I want to know the heart of God. I want to know the presence of God. I want it to be real. How, How do we get God to show up in our life? How do we get God to show up? in our job. And it says right here that they're praying to God and they're saying, God, look at the persecution that we're facing here. And he says, grant to your servants that with all boldness, we may speak your word or that we may live your word. We may do your word. Verse 30 says, by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, it's one thing when you and I get excited and maybe you're watching a game or a movie and you grab the back of the chair and you're shaking it because you're so excited. But here they begin to pray and it says, God begin to shake the house. (laughs) It's one thing when you 
shake things up. It's another thing when God shakes things up. And so the power of God was moving. It says they come out of their time with God and they were bold. They, they heard what the Father was telling them to say and they said what they heard Him tell them to say. They were doing it with boldness. Live with boldness. I want to encourage you, be bold in your belief. Be bold in, in, in your relationship with God. Be bold in praying. Be bold in giving. Be go, bold in forgiving. Be bold. Let's keep going. Verse 31, and it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Verse 32, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of these things he possessed was his own, but they had all these things in common. Listen to this, verse 33. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. So notice, great power and great grace. It says great grace. Grace, think about what grace is. Grace is God's divine influence in our life. Grace is God's supernatural ability on us. Grace is His power within us. Grace, uh, whenever you think of grace, that doesn't give you a license to go sin. It doesn't empower you to live like hell. <laughs> grace empowers you to live in heaven on earth. When Jesus said, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, just like it is in heaven, that's the empowerment of God's grace. That grace brings us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Grace puts us in right standing with God, but grace empowers you and I to live out the word of God. It says they gave witness of the resurrection of Jesus and great grace was upon their life. The grace of God, the power of God, the ability of God, the wisdom of God. God's grace is running after you right now. But once you surrender and you call upon the name of Jesus, then His grace moves inside of you and a change begins to take place. When God's grace reaches towards you, He doesn't call you to be religious. <laughs> He calls you to have a relationship with Him and it's only by His grace that our eyes come open and our ears come open and our heart is receptive and our life is changed by the Word of God. I'm, so I'm asking God, how do, we, how do we experience more of this grace? Great grace was upon them all. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. He says, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God he was saying, okay, if anybody's called to be an apostle, it's not me because of my past. Every one of us, we have a past, right? But listen to what he says. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He was saying it became a realization to me that I... I came from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ by the grace of God. And I, I realized that I'm in right standing with God. It's by the grace of God. And he said, everything that I did, all the churches I started, all the signs, wonders, and miracles, he said, it's, it's only by the grace of God. He said, everybody worked their tail off. That's Johnson paraphrase, of course. <laughs> he says, but I did what I did by the grace of God. How, how does a person tap into this grace. What is and, and we could go on for, for weeks and months and years and not exhaust the grace of God because it's the goodness of God. It's all the character and nature of God. It's the power of God. But as I've been looking into God's Word, 
Lord, how, how can you and I grow in grace? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, he tells you and I grow in grace. Grow in grace so we can grow in grace. Look, look in John chapter 1, if you have your Bibles and you're taking notes. I want us to look at John chapter 1, and I'm just going to read this to you. And this is just talking about relationship and the importance of God's Word. And this is when Jesus, He's talking about Himself. He says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. And He shows up and His Word is full of grace and full of truth. Listen to verse 16, John 1, 16. In the Amplified, it says, For out of His fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we are all supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. So notice Jesus said, when you have relationship with me, you discover grace upon grace. You can not only grow in grace, but you can mature in grace. You can, you can intensify in grace. See, one thing about God is he's very big on faithfulness. Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12, he tells you and I, he says, if you're not faithful with the little, you won't be ruler over much. You know, a lot of times people want to be ruler. They want to walk in the power of God, the signs and wonders of God, the miracle working power of God, but they can't be faithful with the $5 or the $1 God gives them. And you just say, well, yeah, that's, that's just money. What's the big deal about money? That's money. He's not talking about money. It's, no, he is talking about money. <laughs> and he's saying, if, if you can't be faithful with a little bit of money and honoring God with that, he says, you won't operate in the true riches. True riches is when you see somebody go from death to life. That's true riches. True riches is when you see a person come from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That's true riches. Riches isn't talking just about money. It's talking spiritually, soulishly, relationally, financially, emotionally. In every area of life, God wants His super to come upon our natural, and He wants His Word to come alive to us. And right here, Jesus said, when you have relationship with me, you're going to receive grace upon grace, empowerment upon empowerment, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor. Luke 2, 52, it says, Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, favor with God, favor with man. The word favor is the word grace. That if Jesus had to grow in wisdom and stature, don't you think you and I have to grow in wisdom and stature? Well, how do we grow in grace? How do we grow in grace? I mean, you think of what Paul said, and so I'm tracking Paul, and I'm tracking what he experienced, and I'm, I'm seeking the heart of God. What are some things that he did? What are some things that he experienced that positioned him to operate in the grace of God, the power of God, to, for him to write two-thirds of the New Testament, for him to be a, a difference maker in his generation and all the generations to come in your life and my life? Why are we still talking about what Paul did? It was because of the grace of God, the same grace that's reached towards you right now, the same grace that's stirring in you right now to have a relationship with God, the same grace that's stirring in you to, to be hungry for the power of God to show up in your life, your life, not just somebody else's life, it's your life that God wants to reveal His heart in, and it comes by the grace of God. L look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And, and one thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about, and, and I feel free to talk about it on this show, is because... You know, Paul said, I'm called to you, but I'm free from you. <laughs> you know, I don't know you and you don't know me, but I know I'm going to stand before God. 
and be accountable for what I taught. And God has really put it on my heart to, to talk about this tonight because part of growing in grace has to do with your relationship with God and it has to do with your resources. So I, I'm talking about how faithful are you with the little things. Please don't shut me off just because I'm talking about resources. You know it takes resources to operate in, in this world, but that's not necessarily what God is after. God is after you. <laughs> and when He gets you and when He gets me, when He has us, one of the first things that we want to do is give. If you keep reading in Acts chapter 4, right after the great signs, wonders, and power and miracles start, started taking place and the great grace was upon them all, the very next few verses it says, and they all begin to sell this and sell that, and they brought the resources together to be a blessing to people. See, God's character and nature is to give. Think of John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave. What did He give? He gave His best, His only begotten Son. That's His character and nature. And if you're truly in relationship with God, you're not going to see how much you can withhold. It's going to be your nature to give. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. This is very powerful scripture when you're seeing and talking about the grace of God. And Paul just begins to write to the church at Corinth explaining to them what he experienced in Macedonia. Him and his team were there, and they just saw some very powerful things. And so now he's writing to the church at Corinth, and he wants them to experience in that church what he had seen in Macedonia. And the church at Macedonia, they were under great persecution. There were great intensity. They were in difficult times. But listen to what Paul writes here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we have hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and diligence, in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. So Paul was saying, I want you to understand the state of this church. He says they were in great persecution in the middle of their poverty. The grace of God stirred in them and on them to give. He says, but first what I noticed about this group, this church that came out of their poverty, what they did is they gave themselves to God. They weren't playing church. They weren't being religious. They gave themselves to God and then they gave themselves to us by the will of God. So Paul was saying they were faithful to the place that God had planted them. I want to encourage you, if you're not connected to a Bible teaching church, if you're, maybe this is the first time you're watching this show, get connected to the spiritual divine connections that God has for your life because it's going to change your life forever. He says this is what these people did in the middle of their persecution, in the middle of their poverty. They were stirred on the inside and they gave themselves to God. They weren't being religious and they gave themselves to the teachings of the people they were called to be connected to. How faithful are you in applying the word that you're getting off these TV programs? How faithful are you in applying the word that you're learning from the, the pastor, the apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist? How faithful are you with what you know? 
So have you given yourself to God? Are you being faithful with those relationships and those teaching? And then it says there was great joy because they knew they were coming out. They knew that they had the victory. You know, my son was talking to me uh, earlier today uh, just about why people get so upset on the teaching of blessing and prosperity and victory. And, and, and so we were talking about uh, just the different, the spirit of religion. We, we talked about uh, different experiences of why people get so upset. This church here, you know what? They didn't get upset that they were having tough times. They got excited because of the God that they knew. And it says a grace came upon their life. See, when you realize how powerful the grace of God is, you don't get mad at the things of God. You get excited about the things of God because you know you're coming up and you're coming out. You know this too will pass. You know that your mind is going to change and your life is going to change. You know your resources are going to change. Your physical body is going to change. You know your relationships are going to change all by the grace of God. But hear what I'm saying. It doesn't happen by being religious. I'm talking about people who are after the heart of God. They got excited and they begin to give. Now, why is that important? Because where our treasure is, there's a heart also. There's a lot of different things that take place in order for us to consistently walk in the power of God. And it comes back to faithfulness. Are you faithful in your relationship with God? Are you faithful to the divine connections that God has called you to? Are you faithful in your finances? It says in the middle of their poverty, they had joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Why can you have joy in the middle of hardship? Because you know this too will pass. You know God answers your prayers. You know His Word is working. You know angels are working. You know your life is being restored. Great joy comes. Great strength comes because you know that you have the victory. And he goes on and he's talking about this church and he's talking to the church at Corinth and he says, okay, you've excelled in some certain areas. You've come to the front in some certain areas. And he names off six of these. He says in faith and speech and knowledge and diligence and your love for us. There are five of them. And then he, then he names another one. And he says, now I want you to excel in grace also. And he keeps going. And in verse 8, he says, I speak not by commandment, but I'm testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Notice this, for you know the grace of of your Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I want you to excel and abound in all these things, but I want you to excel also in the grace of giving. He says, you know the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ. Think of the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ. Remember in John chapter 1, he said, you'll receive grace upon grace. Remember in, in Acts chapter 4, great grace was upon the apostles. And in Acts 20 verse 32, he says, I commend you to the word of his grace. And, and right here he's saying, I want you to excel in this grace also, this grace of giving, this grace that's going to bring you from that difficult situation to a place where you come out and you come over and you're a new person in Christ and your thinking is up, your believing is up, your life has changed because of the grace of God. He says, you know the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ. Think of what that looks like. The grace of God allowed him and empowered him to open the blind eyes. The grace of God empowered him to open the deaf ears. The grace of God empowered him to raise the dead. The, the grace of God took the five loaves and the two fish and he lifted it up to the Father and he thanked the Father for it and that grace multiplied it as he gave it to the disciples and then his grace was upon them and it kept multiplying until there's 12 baskets left over. That is the grace as you know the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't just have to do with money, it has to do with you. 
And then it affects every area of your life. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's just a, a chapter over there. And he's talking about this grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that though he was so very rich, yet for your sake and my sake, he became so very poor that by his poverty you and I might be rich. He's talking about resources there. Now, now I want to pause here because Jesus didn't walk in poverty on the earth. Think about it. He didn't come from a broke family. If you don't have anything, you don't have to go to your town to pay taxes. <laughs> Pro people don't pay taxes. Okay, so I want you to think when he was separated, now the pause here, come, come back to me. I can feel some of you check out on me there because I was talking about money and Jesus' party. Think, think of this. Just like 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he who knew no sin was made sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So He was made sin with our sin, and He released us His righteousness. When He was separated from the Father, poverty. He took poverty just like He took sickness. He took poverty just like He did any curse. He took, he took poverty so, so that you and I could be abundantly supplied. And we're talking about this grace, and we're talking about your heart and my heart, and we're talking about being faithful with the little and giving ourselves to God. And we're, faith. we're talking about a lot of different things, but we're talking about growing in grace and increasing financially. And Paul is saying, I want you to get a revelation of this and excel in this grace of giving. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, he says, Remember this. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. But he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will reap generously and with blessings. Let each one give as he has made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully, under compulsion. For God loves, he takes pleasure and prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his given. Notice he's, he's quick to obey. Why, why was this church quick to obey? Because they knew it activated the promises of God. It activated the grace of God. It activated angels to move on, on their behalf. They, they were joyful. They were quick. They heard. They're willing and they're obedient and it moves the things of God in their life. And he goes on in verse 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace. Remember, he's saying, I want you to, to be aware of the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ. Know the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ, that grace that multiplies, that grace that heals. He says, you step into the same grace of giving, the same grace that brings you out of your financial situation as you sow. He says, make up in your mind what kind of person you're going to be. He says, don't, don't give because you're just you know, under compulsion, he says, give because it's your nature. Give because of the grace of God. Give because you know it's the way out. Give because you want to be a blessing to people. And he says, when you do this, when you're, you're, you're not trying to withhold and it's not bye-bye money, ah, oh, God's taking from me. God's not taking anything from you. It, it, God, God wants you and I to be like him. <laughs> and his nature is to give. And when we do, it does a work on the inside of us. This is about your future. This is about giving as an expression of love for God. He says, and when, and when you give out of love and out of relationship and you're wanting to honor God, he says, every favor and earthly blessing comes to you in abundance. This is you he's talking about. Comes to you in abundance so that you may always, under all circumstances, whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. So he's saying he wants you and I to get to the point because of the grace of God in us and on us 
the grace of God financially, because of our giving, we increase that we have every favor, every earthly blessing coming to us in abundance so that we may always, under all circumstances, whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to be charitable to every good work. Every good work looks like you being a part of the building of that church. Every good work looks like being a part of ministries like this going around the world. Every good work looks like being a blessing to people, buying meals for somebody, buying a house for whatever it is. You're, you have more than enough. Start where you're at. I, I remember when I was learning, and, and, and man, my heart was just, I just want to know God, and it's still my heart today. I just, I just want to know the heart of God. I want to walk in the power of God. I want to walk in relationship. All that He has for us. And I was in college, and, and I was learning this, and I began to see how my giving was connected to my heart. And, I, you know, I rodeo professionally and stuff, and and... And so I had a rope, and so I said, okay, you know, Genesis 8, 22, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. You know, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 9, you know, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Well, I didn't have anything, and so I, I gave I gave a rope away to somebody expecting that was my seed. And, and, you know, to this day, years later, I've had rope sponsors for years now. What that means is that I have an abundance of ropes because of giving. The grace of God, it wasn't just about the rope, it was about my heart. You know, when I started out and I would, I would win saddles and stuff at, at ropings and everything, and my heart was to give. And, and yes, God wanted me to increase, to be able to be a blessing to people. And, and so I'd win a saddle and I'd pray about it and I would bless this person, give that saddle away. And now I have more than enough saddles and saddle sponsors. And why? It isn't just about the increase. It's about my heart. I've done it with horse trailers. I did it with an airplane. I've done it with... And you could go on and on. And it's not about the things. It's about... Our heart. Our heart. I, I want God to have my heart. I want to operate in the grace of God. I want you to operate in the grace of God. You know, part of being able to come out of addiction like I had in my past and to stay free, it has to do with, with the grace of giving. Giving isn't just about financial increase. It's about the internal increase that brings the outward increase. God wants you free, and it's by the grace of God. He wants you healed, and it's by the grace of God. He wants you fulfilling your purpose and destiny, but that's only going to come by the grace of God. Yeah, you might have some natural talent and ability, but don't kid yourself. It is the grace of God in you and on you that empowers you to do, do, do your job well. It is the grace of God that gives you that idea. That some of you that you're watching right now, and you have this company and that company, don't kid yourself. It is the grace of God. Even if you haven't known Jesus, that was in you before the foundation of the world. It is the grace of God. The grace of God can help us be better husbands, be better wives, be better fathers and mothers, be better leaders, be better givers. The grace of God helps us be better worshipers. The grace of God helps us understand the Word of God. Where you're at right now is not the best that you will ever experience. By the grace of God, God wants to move into your life. He wants to show up in your life. He wants to empower your life, but it takes faith in the grace of God. I want you to see God's hand is reaching towards your marriage right now. There's some of you, there's people watching right now and you've been having problems in your ears and the grace of God is healing your inner ears right now. Healing eardrums right now. Nasal passages are being healed right now. Esophagus is all the way down into your stomachs are being healed right now by the grace of God. Eyes, there's blind eyes being opened right now and that's by the grace of God. Don't, don't, don't kid yourself. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. Just the presence of God is filling your home right now and it's by the grace of God. 
we haven't seen anything yet. God's grace is sufficient for you to restore, to rebuild, to renew. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, don't, don't go another day. I'm not asking you to join some religious association. I'm asking you to come from the kingdom of darkness and come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And it's by the grace of God. The grace of God is His hand reaching towards you and your faith is you reaching back and saying, Yes, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And it pulls you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You're watching right now. Would you pray this simple prayer with me right where you're at? To say, Father God, I receive your grace tonight. And I, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I call upon His name. I make Him my Lord. I make Him my Savior. I receive the forgiveness of my sins. And according to your word, I'm now a child of God. And I've come from darkness into light. Now that's the grace of God. Your past is forgiven. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. Now the grace doesn't stop there. It's stirring in you. And I want to encourage you, connect to ministries like this. Find a good local church. Keep growing. The grace of God wants to just reveal all the goodness of God. This is Trey Johnson. I look forward to seeing you again next week.